Thank God for the blood. Amen. I want to preach tonight from the book of Philippians, chapter number 2. And I know that I've been preaching through uh, the book of Philippians on Sunday nights and sometimes on Wednesday nights, just uh, going uh, service about. But uh, I tell you, I went to preach last night here at the college, and I told them, I said, I've never done this before, but I said, I'm going to preach what I pre- preached to them last night. I'm preaching tonight. I already knew that. It was just on my heart. It fit there. And then it's amazing how it's never the same, you know. Uh, but God put this in my heart. Uh, it's amazing preaching just chapter by chapter how timely uh, sometimes messages just fall right at the right time. That, that book's perfect, isn't it? Amen. And uh, I pray tonight the message will be a help and encouragement to you as it has been to my own heart tonight. If you're able to stand with us, Philippians chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 25. Thank God for the good singing, thank God for His presence, and thank God for His people tonight. Amen. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 25. The Bible says, Yet I suppose it necessary... To send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do want to thank you tonight for the blood of Christ. Lord, I'm glad that when you see us, you really don't see us as we are in this old sinful flesh. But you see us through the blood of Jesus Christ that covers all our sins. Thank you for the blood tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your people. Lord, I pray these next few moments you'll give us liberty and vocabulary to say only what the Holy Spirit of God would have us to say. And for what you do, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. For we do love you and we ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on serving while you're sick. Serving while you're sick. Think about this, and we come to verse number 25 tonight. Paul gives five titles here to the beloved brother in our text by the name of Epaphroditus. You'll notice in verse number 25 that Paul says, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Notice the first title. He says, My brother. And that speaks of Epaphroditus' salvation. He was a brother in Christ. Him and Paul was not brothers in the flesh, but they were brothers through the Spirit. Amen? And that signifies that he was in the family. And then he calls him a a companion in labor. That had to do with his service, signifying that he was not only in the family, but thank God he was in the field. Amen. He was doing something uh, for the cause of Christ. You know, when God saves us, that is why he saves us. He doesn't save us to sit, but he saves us to serve. Amen. And Epaphroditus was saved, and he was serving in this text. And then he calls him a fellow soldier, and that speaks of his stand. And it 
tells us that he was not just in the family and he was not just in the field, but thank God he was in the fight. Amen. Uh, he was a soldier of the cross. Uh, I do believe that when God saves us, uh, he enlists us in the field. Uh, he puts us busy serving and doing something for him, uh, serving God and living for God. But he knows that the enemy is not just going to roll over and be glad that we're saved and let us serve God without a fight. There's an adversary. There's an enemy. And you know what God does? He uses that in our life. He allows it to be so, uh, so that he can turn us into fellow soldiers uh, for his cause and for his honor and his glory. Amen. We see his salvation. He's a brother. We see his service. He's a companion in labor. We see his stand. He's a fellow soldier. But then Paul says in verse number 25, uh, talking to the church of Philippi, that he was your messenger. Uh, that speaks about his sermon. Amen. I mean, Epaphroditus, when he came, uh, he had a word that was delivered. Uh, no doubt he was responsible for carrying the letter and bringing it back to those saints at Philippi. And he had a message. He had a word. I want to say tonight it was not his word and it was not Paul's word, but it was God's word. Amen. You see, tonight uh, I'm just the messenger. Uh, Paul was just the messenger. Any preacher that gets up and preaches, we are just the messenger tonight. If you don't like the message, don't get mad at the messenger. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, I didn't write the message. Uh, I'm not the author of the message. Uh, I'm just doing what this brother does. Uh, I'm just delivering the message tonight uh, that God would have for his people. And so he calls him your messenger. And then he gives him a fifth title here in this verse. Is ta uh, Paul talks about him being his minister. Amen. And that speaks about his spirit. Uh, you see, Epaphroditus, uh, he was a minister. And that word minister simply means one uh, who serves in an office. Uh, I tell you, Epaphroditus was more uh, than just a title wearer. But Brother Daniel, he was no doubt a missionary, just like the Apostle Paul. And here he is, uh, uh, submitting himself to Paul's ministry and working and serving. Uh, I said it the other night, and I'll say it again. It's always a blessing uh, when you see preachers that can work together rather than working against each other. Amen? Now, I know we can't yoke up with everybody and anybody. How can two walk together except they agree? Uh, but I'll tell you, if we're on the, if we're, we got the same book and we got the same belief and we got the same doctrine uh, and we're pulling in the same direction, uh, we ought to be helping each other out. Isn't that right? Uh, I'll tell you, Epaphroditus was a man uh, who Paul could depend upon. Why? Uh, because if you look back at verse number 25, he was ready uh, to be sent anywhere. As the Bible says, yet I suppose it necessary uh, to send to you Epaphroditus. Amen. Look at verse number 28, that first little phrase. Uh, he said, I sent him therefore. You know what kind of man Epaphroditus was? Uh, he was a man uh, that was ready to be sent anywhere uh, uh, that God wanted him to go. Can I tell you that's how the service of God is. Uh, we don't choose the will of God. The will of God chooses us. Uh, we don't get to decide what we're going to do or what we're going to be. Uh, we just got to be willing and we just got to be ready uh, to be sent anywhere uh, that God wants us to go. And then he was ready to serve uh, anyone. In verse number 25, uh, he served the apostle Paul. He was willing to meet that man of God's needs. Uh, I tell you, just like uh, uh, Timothy was a second man, Epaphroditus was a third man. But Epaphroditus was willing uh, to serve the greater. He was willing to help the preacher out. And I'll tell you, God will bless those uh, uh, that'll get with the man of God, uh, not work against him. Can I get an amen right there? And I know I'm preaching to the 
Wednesday night crowd uh, and thank God for that. Uh, but I tell you, God will be good to you uh, for just holding the hands up of the man of God uh, and us working together for the glory of God, uh, doing the will of God. Amen. I think tonight I have a responsibility as a pastor, a role to fill tonight, and it's not anybody else's responsibility. And what I mean by that is I'm saying, listen, I don't pour into, I don't wind the deacons about, uh, listen, the problems or things that I have to deal with as a pastor. I don't wind other church members about that. You say, why? Because they're not to have to bear that burden, amen? Uh, Listen, every man must bear his own burden. Uh, There's times when I'll ask the deacons to help me pray about something because I have confidence in them and they have their responsibility and their role but it wouldn't do good for me to run around telling everybody every problem I've got and everything I'm dealing with and it wouldn't do you good to do that neither, amen? We've got to bear each other's burdens but we got to bear our own burdens. Can I get a witness on that? And we've got to be ready tonight to serve anyone, amen? Listen, the preacher's got his responsibility. But thank God for a good church. And I believe I'm preaching to one tonight uh, that believes this. And you don't just believe it, but thank God you practice it. Uh, Listen, thank God for a church uh, uh, that, listen, you don't fight against what's going on around here. You don't fuss and argue. That's all some churches ever do. And God never blesses them. And God never blesses anybody that causes division. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, But thank God for unity tonight. Uh, God's been good to us because we're just trying to do God's will. Isn't that right? And Epaphroditus was that kind of man. He was ready to be sent anywhere. He was ready to serve anyone. And then he was ready to sacrifice anything. Amen. Look at verse number 27. The Bible says here, Paul said in verse 26, for he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that you heard that he had been sick. For indeed, notice this, he was sick unto death. You know what kind of man Epaphroditus was? He was a man that was willing to sacrifice anything for the cause of Christ. I'm preaching tonight on serving God when you're sick. You see, Epaphroditus, uh, Paul has so much to say about this one saint in this text. He is really an unknown saint throughout the scriptures, though he is mentioned again in a couple other places tonight. But Epaphroditus doesn't bear a big name. He doesn't bear a big title. I want to tell you something. Paul had a lot to say about him in this text. Why? I'll tell you why. Because uh, he was a man that served when he was sick. Uh, He was faithful uh, when he didn't feel like it. He helped when he was hurting. uh, And he was dedicated even when it looked like he was dying, he was still involved and going on for the glory of God. And what Paul says about him in this text here in verse 28, he says, rejoice over this saint. Look what he said. He said, and I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, look at this, that you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Paul told the church at Philippi, when you see Epaphroditus, you rejoice over him. He's a good brother. He's a faithful soldier. He's your messenger. He's Listen, he's a fellow laborer in the work in the gospel. Don't you thank God for men like that and women like that? I mean, they just keep on pressing on for the glory of God. And he said, rejoice over this saint. And then he said in verse 29, receive this saint. Amen. Receive him therefore in the Lord. You know, as Christians tonight, we ought to be willing to receive people. But the sad commentary too many times in a lot of churches is that people get stereotyped before they even get a chance to prove themselves. Be careful that when someone visits uh, the church that you don't peg them 
Be careful that you don't listen to the influence of others. Can I get an amen right there? Somebody might say, well, that person's a little bit weird. You know, I'm kind of like this. If you tell me somebody's weird, then I want them to be what my friend. I don't, you can think what you want to. It ain't even making me nervous in the least. I know you might be a little more spiritual than that. But I'm telling you, if you peg somebody weird, I want to find out why they're weird. Or I want to find out if the person who said that is just weird. Isn't that right? Nine out of ten times is the person running around telling that they're weird. They're really the weirdo. Amen. It's just because they don't act the way they act. They don't, maybe they don't do things the way they do. But I'll tell you, if somebody, if they're a loner, if everybody shies away from them, I'll tell you, I, I want to try to be a friend to them, don't you? Uh, I listen, you say, why, preacher, why would you want to do that? Because I remember when I was the weirdo. I remember when I didn't have no friends. I, I remember I went down to the house of God, timid, uh, and just didn't know how people would accept me. I know what it is to be poor uh, and not have anything much. Uh, and thank God for some real Christians, amen, uh, uh, that got out of their little niche and got out of their little clique and I get an amen and they reached out and pulled me in and loved me hallelujah I never forgot that and by the grace of God I hope I never will I'm telling you when you see somebody you be a friend to them like Jesus would be a friend to them he said rejoice over them he said receive them and then he said respect him look what he said in verse 29 he said hold such in reputation in other words, Paul didn't just want them being kind to this brother again because he said so. He said he wanted to hold them up. Lift this brother up. He, he's proven himself to be worthy. He's proven himself to be faithful. He's he, he sacrificed. He's hazarded his life for the cause of Christ. Uh, you receive this brother and you honor him and you hold him up. Uh, we ought to give honor where honor is due. Can I get a witness right there? I don't believe in putting nobody on a pedestal, including the pastor. Uh, but I think we ought to honor those who have been faithful. Uh, we ought to honor older saints in the house of God. We ought to honor and respect the offices of the church. Can I get a witness right there and we ought to honor and respect one another as Christians amen I'm just saying listen he said to hold him up he said respect this saint and then he said remember this saint look what he said in verse number 30 he said because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death did you catch that little phrase Paul mentions the sickness of Epaphroditus three times he mentions it in verse number 26, when he said, because that, you, because that you heard that he had been sick. Again in verse 27, for indeed he was sick nine to death. And then finally in verse number 30, because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death. Paul is emphasizing two things in this text. He's emphasizing the sickness of this man, but he's emphasizing the service of this man. Talking about serving God while you're sick. Sickness comes to every one of us from time to time. Some people are, live more sick than what others do. Some people struggle with sickness more than what others would struggle with. And the question that came to my mind when I read this text again this morning was this, why did this man, Epaphroditus, serve God? Why did he keep on pressing on when he was near death's door? Why did he do that? Why did he serve when he was sick? I'll give you four good reasons from this text and be done tonight. Number one, in verse number 25, he served while he was sick because he loved the preacher. 
Paul says it in verse 25. He said, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. And I'll mention that little phrase here in just a moment. Why did Paul say, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, companion and labor, fellow soldier, but your messenger, he's your messenger, church. But why? And he that ministered to my wants. You know why this man was serving God while he was sick? Because the preacher needed aid. The preacher needed help. He had a sickness that came in his life. It was a serious illness that came, but uh, the church uh, had been good to the apostle Paul. And, and here Epaphroditus was, was coming back and he was there to, to be a benefit to the man of God and to, and to supply the need that needed to be supplied. And he put his sickness aside. Why? Because he loved the man of God. No doubt when Paul saw Epaphroditus, he knew about his sickness. You could see of the seriousness of his illness, but yet he just pressed on. Why would you do that, Epaphroditus? He said, would tell you because I love my preacher. I love, the, I love the apostle Paul. I love this great missionary. I've worked beside him. I've served with him. You say, well, you're just preaching that about yourself. Oh, no, I'm not preaching that about myself. I'm preaching that because it's in that book, amen? And I'll tell you tonight, I look back through my life. I thank God for every pastor God's given me. I thank God for the men that I was able to sit at their feet and learn and listen and hear the word of God. I thank God for those. Some of them are not even holy in the same road tonight but I still have a great appreciation for them you say why because they prayed for my soul they preached the word of God to me if they called me tonight I'd go to where they was you know why because of their labor and the work of God and I never regretted one day being a blessing to the man of God I never regretted one time helping the man of God out in the work in the ministry and being a help to him in some way as a preacher I would never take advantage of that in fact, if somebody comes to my house to work, I soon pay them, amen? I just take some of my wife's money and pay them. I don't want them to work for free at my house. And they'll sometimes be well, preacher, let me do that. It ain't going to hurt me. I, uh, you're, the, you're my pastor. I say, I know that, but I know too many preachers have, have abused too many church members, and it went south on both of them. Amen? Uh, but I'm telling you, I, I'll let people do some things to a degree, uh, but I'm not going to work them like a slave. Amen? And work them like I'm a king. Amen? I don't believe in that for one second. I'm talking about the ministry, and that's what Paul's talking about, so that the work of God can go on, so that the ministry can be done. You can't be a one man. And show. And no preacher can do it by himself. It takes servants. It takes a second man. It takes a third man. It takes a fourth man and a fifth man. It takes people that are laboring that gets the pastor's burden. But here in this text, listen, Epaphroditus is meeting the wants, the needs of the life of the Apostle Paul. I don't have to preach this here. Y'all are better to me than I deserve. To the point that sometimes I'm just, I mean, me and my wife's overwhelmed and a lot of times embarrassed by how good you are to me. But I'll tell you, and I mean this from both of us, from the depths of our heart. You know what means more to us than anything? The prayers of God's people. I heard a great preacher say years ago, you're no greater than the people who pray for you. And I thank God for every person. I don't know every person tonight, obviously. But I really do from the depths of my soul and from the depths of her heart tonight. We thank God for every person that calls our name out in prayer. I'm telling you tonight, I wouldn't be able to get out of the bed in the morning if it wasn't people praying for me. Don't you thank God for people that will pray for you? 
I don't take it lightly when somebody comes by and says, hey, preacher, I'm praying for you today. I don't take that lightly because what that means to me is the Holy Spirit must have put it on their heart for them to pray for me. And I thank God for that tonight. We need the prayers of God's people. And Epaphroditus was a man that, listen, even at his own expense, he was willing to help the man of God. Why? Because he loved the preacher. But it doesn't stop there. Look at verse number 26. He served while he was sick, even when he didn't feel like it. Not because only did he love the preacher, but he loved the people. Verse 26 is an interesting verse. Because the Bible says, For he longed after you all. Now notice this next phrase. And was full of heaviness. Why? Because that you had heard that he had been sick. You know the phrase full of heaviness, I looked that up. You know what it means? It means to be full of anguish and distress. Deeply weighed down or depressed. Now Epaphroditus in verse number 26, he's, he's in anguish and distress. He's deeply weighed down and depressed. You say, why is he depressed? Is it because he's sick? I believe it's because the Bible says here, the church heard that he was sick. He was such a man of faith. According to verse number 30, he didn't even regard his own life. But he was more concerned about the church being concerned for him. That's what weighed him down. I'm going to tell you in that verse what happens here is there's a man that is sick physically. But don't disregard that the devil jumped on his mind spiritually. See, what the devil will do when you get sick, he'll take your physical weakness or illness or whatever it may be and turn it into a spiritual battle every single time. And he no doubt is whipping this dear saint over the head uh, they say, well, here you are, you're sick, and now they've heard how sick you are over there, and, and that church is now concerned about you. And you're a burden to this man of God, and you're a burden to the church back home, and, and they hear about your sickness, and he loved those people so much, uh, he didn't want to be a burden to them in any way, f- shape, form, or fashion. And no doubt it's weighing heavy on him. Uh, listen, that's what the devil does uh, in your weakness. Hey, child of God, I, I don't stop and say this and serve notice on it. I've never seen a time in this, uh, in this church like tonight uh, and when there's so many people in this church uh, that's just battling things in their own emotions and their own mind uh, and in their own life right now doesn't have anything to do with the church uh, but I've had more people come to me and without exaggerating it to be it, uh, I've had more people come to me in the last five or six weeks and say would you pray for me I'm just struggling I say where are you struggling right here uh, I'm just struggling with my emotions I'm just struggling with my mind and more people in this church you know what that is uh, I'm I'll tell you what it is. It's nothing more than a satanic attack. Amen. You may have a physical problem. You may have some problem in your family. You may have some problem in your home. You may have some problem in your body. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. If the devil can drag you down in your mind, if he can crawl up on top of you and whip you down, he'll tell you all kinds of lies. He'll tell you nothing but a burden. He'll tell you you're a burden to your family. You're a burden to your church.
church. I just think you ought to serve notice on that booger every now and then. He'll tell you things are not going to get better. I'm going to tell you something tonight. He's never told the whole truth and nothing but the truth one time in his life. He is a liar from the beginning and he's a father of all lies right now. I'm telling you, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. I'm telling you tonight, he'll see you through the valley. He'll see you up the mountainside. He'll see you through the storm. He'll not just see you through. He'll bring you on the other side. You just hold on, child of God. You just hang in there. You just cling to his promises. The psalmist said, what time I am afraid, I'll trust in thee. Isaiah said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I'm telling you, God said, or David said, he's my buckler and he's my shield and he's my strong and mighty tower. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. I'm telling you tonight, God will be everything you need him to be if you'll trust him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. You can't listen to that booger. I'm telling you, I honestly believe I went through something for two years and when I come out on the other side of it, I had no idea why I went through it. The devil touched every emotion that I had. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes for no reason whatsoever, Brother Laddie, like a wave, it'll come out of nowhere. You know what I do? I go back to that verse. And, I'm, and I think sometimes... God lets us go through things because he knows that there's going to be others that we're going to have to help along life's way. You see, tonight, what you're facing may not have anything to do with you because God's already considered you just like he had considered Job, and he knows you'll make it through. But he knows there may be somebody down life's road that won't make it through if you don't go through what you're going through. And if I don't go through what I'm going through, here's a man that he loved people. Don't you love the people of God? I'm going to tell you, I love the church tonight. And I love this church, don't you? I'm telling you, listen, I, I, love, I love all of the God's people, but I, listen, there's not a church I've ever been to that I've loved more than this church. And that's the way you ought to feel about your church, isn't that right? I'm telling you tonight, it ain't a perfect church, and I'm not expecting it to be a perfect church, but I love you, and I hope you love me, but if you don't love me, you're still stuck with me anyway, and, and I'm just going to love you. I, listen, I'm going to love you if it kills you, amen? That's just how I feel about it. I don't worry about people being my friends. You, you just make them your friends. They don't have a choice, amen? It just takes all the pressure off. When people say, well, I don't want to be your friend. Tough luck, amen? I'm telling you, you're just going to have to be my friend anyway because you know what friendship is? It's not a decision between two people coming together and making a, a unified decision. Friendship is when one person makes that decision that that person is going to be my friend. Now, y'all looking at me like you don't believe that. Jesus called Judas his friend. Hey, Judas was a betrayer, but Jesus can't lie. So if he was a friend, friendship had nothing to do with Judas. It had everything to do with Jesus. In fact, it's kind of fun to find people that don't like you and work on them a little bit till they finally come around. If I think you don't like me, we're going to be buddies till the end. You know that? I'm just trying to make some of y'all smile a little bit. Hey, I love God's people, don't you? 
Every single one of them in this church, we love them, don't we? Do you know tonight, it's a great privilege to be a part of God's family. And everybody's got that one family member anyway. You know what I'm talking about. And that's me and that's you. We don't see ourselves that way. We see everybody, we we find somebody else in the church. But guess what? Somebody found us. Y'all so serious tonight, but I'm going to keep on preaching. I know it's two minutes to late. I'm just not done. Hey, listen. See, what are you saying? Love the people. I'm going to tell you something. You love people when they do right, and you love them when they do wrong. You love them when they love you, and you love them when they don't love you. You just love them. See, how can you do that? I don't always conquer it, but I'll tell you how you can do it. You can do it through Christ tonight. He loved the preacher. That's why he served God while he was sick. He loved the people. And then he loved the place. Look at verse 27. For indeed he was sick unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not on on him only, but on me also. See, Paul loved Epaphroditus so much, he said, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Look what he said in verse 28. I sent him therefore, notice this phrase, the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice. You know how Paul sent Epaphroditus back? He sent him back carefully. In other words, Paul didn't let him leave until he had recovered. If left Epaphroditus, he loved those people so much, he would have went back to them, but it may have, the trip would have no doubt probably took his life. Paul, being the spiritual man of God that he was, he realized that everybody in the work of God has to take time where they pull aside and get better. And he did not let this brother leave until his body had healed. It didn't mean, Brother Daniel, he was done, but it did mean that he needed to call time out. He needed to get physically better because the journey was too great for him. And he sent him back. And I want to say, this man loved the place. Verse number 28, Paul sent him back to the place. He said, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. He loved what God was doing at Philippi because he loved the word of God. He loved the preacher. That's why he served when he, while he was sick. He loved the people. He loved the place. And then he loved the purpose. Look at verse number, 20, verse number 30. Because, notice this phrase, for the work of Christ, he was nigh to death. Not regarding his life, why? To supply your lack of service toward me. You know what Epaphroditus, he loved the purpose, and the purpose was twofold. Number one, it was Christ. It was his work, wasn't it? And number two, it was all about the church to supply your lack of service toward me. He was doing a work for God and he was doing a work for the church. And tonight that we ought to remember that purpose. You may be here tonight and say, well, Brother Gravely, I'm well-bodied and abled. I'm not sick, but there could come a day when you're sick. There could come a day when you're aged and older and, you know, you're not in the grave, but you can't do like you once did. I would say this tonight, if you won't serve God when you're healthy, you'll never serve God when you're sick. If you won't serve God while you're able, you won't serve Him when you're not able. Some people spend a lifetime making excuses as to why they can't serve God, while others battle through every sickness, every adversity, every trial, and every problem just to keep on pressing on to do the will of God. Who are you tonight? What kind of Christian do you want to be? I don't want to be the person. I don't want to be the person that makes excuses. 
for not serving God, but I'll tell you, I have been the person that there came a time in my life when I had to put the brakes on and I had to stop for a little while. I remember one time a doctor told me, he said, you go sit on your couch for five weeks and don't do nothing. He said, don't even go preach at your church. I said, I can't do that. I said, I got to go preach. And we argued for a minute. I don't believe in arguing, but we argued on that one. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, you do the bare minimum. He said, you preach, but you go back and sit on that couch and don't you do nothing. You know what? I didn't listen to him the first time. I went ahead and went somewhere and preached. And, it, and the Lord showed me that was a mistake. And I came back and I told my wife, I said, well, I said, I just reckon my life's over with for the next five weeks. I'll sit here on this couch. And I'm going to tell you something. God used that along with something else to bring me through. But there comes a time when you got, when sometimes you got to listen. You got to rest. That's what happened to Epaphroditus, wasn't it? There comes a time when this one thing is the only thing you can do tonight. Amen. Tonight as we stand, I wonder where you're at tonight. I wonder what you're going through tonight. I wonder if you're in that place where the devil's just crawled up on you. Or he'll tell you anything and everything to keep you from serving him. He'll talk to you. Don't listen to him tonight. You let him help you. You let him strengthen you. You let him comfort you. Let the Lord.